Welcome to the Winning with Shopify podcast, the podcast that will teach you to take your Shopify store and turn it into an automated sales machine with the latest marketing, email, sales, and social media advice, strategies, and tips from experts without the fluff. Your host, Caroline Balinska, the founder of JustAskParker.com, the only small marketing task agency for Shopify owners. With over 10 years experience in marketing, manufacturing, design, and e-commerce, she shares her knowledge and interviews the experts to help you in your journey to success. Now, here's your host, Caroline Balinska. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Blinska, and today I'm doing a video podcast. So if you're listening to this, it's probably worth heading across and taking a look at the video. But if you're driving, probably don't do that. So thank you for joining me here. I have a great guest. We've actually been having a little chat before we started this interview and it's been wonderful. What a lovely person to get to know. And I can't wait for you to hear exactly what this interview is all about. So I've got Sharam Anver. I hope I've pronounced that right. Had a little practice before. Sharam's actually the owner of dataq.co and he is going to speak to us today all about why data is so important, why it's so important to understand your data as a Shopify merchant. The great thing is, is that Sharam actually came from TripAdvisor. So he was all on the analytics side, all about data. So if someone needs to tell you about data, this is the man that can actually do this. Uh, Sharam knows everything when it comes to the analytics of understanding your data and how how you can use that to your benefit and personalize your sales experience for your customers. So let's get into it. Let's have a talk to Sharam and find out what he's got to say. So Sharam, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Caroline. Pleasure to be here. Fantastic. So we had a lovely chat beforehand and yeah. I think that your personality is lovely and I deal with small Shopify store merchants all the time. And these people are usually newbies. They're usually people that really are confused, are wanting, they're passionate, but they don't know what they're doing. So what I love is that you're definitely going to be the sort of person that will give them the right advice. So tell us a little bit about what you do. Sure. So I think we all agree that everyone's hearing all these buzzwords these days, like big data, analytics, machine learning, AI. Mm -hmm. And I'm seeing a very clear disconnect. It's almost like this new age of information asymmetry, if you will, where you've got the haves, in this case, the Googles and the YouTubes and the TripAdvisors who know all they need to do about data. And they're just like absolutely killing it in the market. And then you have people who are not so aware of all these data strands and it's so expensive and things like that to keep up where it's getting harder and harder to compete. I think one of the best examples probably would be Amazon where you know, they use data so effectively that they run their business almost, it's, it's like a machine. It's, it's so effective. It's very, very efficient. So I would say when it comes to handling data, like that I think is the challenge of our time and probably for one of the biggest reasons why I started DataQ is try to democratize this huge power of data and try to give it to put it in the hands of more people in a way that they can actually understand it. So the way I try to think about it is like, can I make a black box where you don't really need to know exactly what goes in it, but at least you can understand the benefits that you can derive from it, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So just let everyone know, you created an app that helps people understand what other products that people can purchase? Is that the main gist of what you yeah. do? Yeah. So what we do is something called personalization. And it's one of the most effective things that actually Amazon made very famous. So if you think about doing a website, 
typically the process is, okay, who are my customers? Oh, I've got maybe, maybe let's just say you've got a baby store and you're thinking, okay, I'm probably going to have new moms. I'm probably going to have people looking for uh, baby gifts for baby showers and maybe like already. So you've got three customer groups and then you're going to think, okay, for my homepage, I'm going to put maybe the new moms are going to be my biggest customer. So I'm going to make my homepage really about them and I'm going to add some you know content below. So you're basically thinking in the line of how do I make the perfect website? And what Amazon did is they really flipped that around and said, why do we need to do that? Why don't we make the perfect website for each person rather than having the perfect website? So I think everyone uses YouTube and that's probably the best example that everybody would be aware of. When you go to YouTube, I go to YouTube, the videos you see and the videos I see are totally different, right? And that's what we do for e-commerce. So when you have an e-commerce site, we say, don't think about your perfect site. Why don't we think about all the different people who are coming and they all have very different intentions. So can we show them different content based on what they're actually interested in and therefore improve your conversion rate? And this is sort of goes back to that black box principle I spoke about before. There's no need for me to explain to somebody the complex math that goes behind doing it. But anybody can understand, okay, show different websites, content to different people and sell more. So, I mean, I don't think anyone's going to have a problem, you know, understanding that. So that's kind of what we're trying to do with DataQ. Just make that process a lot simpler. Okay, fantastic. So I love this because this is the question a lot of people ask us. So in Just Ask Parker, we do a website audit for people. That's a really common thing that we do. And a lot of the time we usually concentrate on making sure their homepage is right. And then all the sort of like the menus and the footer menu and things like that. And a lot of the time people have this big banner on the front page. And mm-hmm. a lot of the time, like we always say to them, you should either have like your sale, whatever your sale is there, or you should have something a little bit more generic that mm-hmm. will target everyone. Because if you've got three different audiences and like you said, let's go with the baby store and you've got the mums, then you've got the grandmas and then you've got like the friends buying as a gift. So you've got three different people. So turning around and putting up uh, a breast pump on that first picture would be only for the mothers. Yeah. Yeah. Or very close friends or weird friends. And Mm -hmm. then that sort of thing is not something that everyone's going to go, Oh yeah, that's a great gift idea. So having something that's more generic there that would target all your different customer avatars would be perfect. And then as you go down the page, it's like you said, you're thinking, well, who's the most important person? I want to put the products there. So just walk me through exactly what that would look like. If I had that baby store and Mm -hmm. let's say the traffic, it's new traffic. They've come from a Facebook ad and they've come from, let's say, let's just go with what I'm generally seeing is either a Facebook or Instagram ad, or they're coming from a Pinterest pin that's organic or an Instagram account that's organic. Let's just go with those two different scenarios, ads that I've specifically run an ad to a mum, And then I've specifically run an ad to a grandmother and they've come through to my website, but I've also got traffic coming from Pinterest and I've also got traffic coming from Instagram organically. So how would that look landing on your website? Okay. So let's do a really quick definition of a conversion funnel because everybody has different definitions, I think. So I see it in like really four steps. So you've got the activities that you're doing outside your site. So this is like attracting traffic in, right? So that's your Facebook marketing, your Pinterest, all the things that you talked about. And then they come into your website. And then that's, to me, we call it landing page optimization. It doesn't matter where they land, but when they land, you want to make sure that like that's optimized to observe what they want. So that could be a product page, it could be a category, it could be a homepage. And then you obviously want them to move on to the next step, which is adding to cart and then 
checkout and all yes. that. And obviously, one of the things I always like to say is that after the checkout and buy, you should always have a process of satisfaction where you check if they're happy with it so that you know you don't have to work too hard to get the customer back. So you've got these four steps. And what I find a lot that happens is people focus a lot on the first step, which is how to get people to come into your site. Yes. But the landing page optimization almost never happens, right? Yeah. You know, like at TripAdvisor, we used to work with a lot of uh, like big travel websites. So you'll notice like booking.com, Agoda, they're very good at this. So, you know, if you click on an ad for Thailand, for instance, uh, and you are in Thailand, you'll notice a lot of things that they do. Like suddenly all the price is in Thai bar. You're going to see a lot more stuff on, uh, you know, Thai hotels, things like that. But, you know, on the smaller websites, nobody does it. It's, it's yeah. just, you know, really hard. So going back to the scenario that you talked about, what DataQ does is we sit inside your website. So the first question people ask is, okay, but if no one's ever been to the site, how do you know what they want, right? So that's where we come into this whole generic idea. So the first thing that the algorithm does is it looks at all the sales that you've had and tries to identify what are the most popular right now. So you know, if you were doing something with fashion and we're in summer, it would be summer. So when we don't know you at all, all the content you'd see are the trends, which are the most likely to succeed given that we don't know anything about you. But once you click on a product or you do a search and now I know your intent, now the algorithm can match what you did to people who are most like that search or that product click and then would be able to understand. So for instance, very concrete example, if you search for a breast pump, just like what you said, just statistically, it's very likely that you're a mom. Uh, yes. because most of the time, so then we would know, okay, so people who also bought press pumps also have all these other things, which then would really give us better recommendations. So now if we tie that back to how that works with just the stuff you do outside the website, so let's just do a flow, right? So now we've got this completely new customer. She's not come to our website at all. And we've got an ad on, or like a post on, uh, say Pinterest on breast pump. So she clicks on it and she lands on the breast pump page. And now DataQ says, hey, this person, we don't really care about personal data. That's another thing that you can talk about later. We just give them a random number. So let's say A1. Hey, A1 seems to be into breast pump. And so statistically, it seems like she's going to really like more stuff to do with mom products. So we'll show her some recommendations just below. And then depending on if she clicks on it or not, we understand what she wants. So in, in a typical session, she's going to look at maybe four or five products. We would know how much time she spent on each of these products. And every action she takes, we get a much better idea of what she's looking for. Because it's a bit like going to a, a shop and having a conversation with somebody. Because the more you talk to them, the more they understand, okay, it looks like you want a blue pair of jeans of this size. So it's think about it just like that. It's, it's just a, by using the website, we see that as a conversation you're having with the website. And the website should be able to adapt to what you want. So from a concrete example, if breast pumps are really specific, if she landed on your homepage, she would see probably something like baby clothes because that seems to be the most highest tendency. But mm -hmm. the moment she clicks on a breast pump and she comes back, we would change the banner to show more mom-related stuff. We would show more products that are related to mom-related stuff. And therefore, she would see an ostensibly different website to what she would have seen if she hadn't clicked on it. Does that, okay. does that make sense? Yeah. So I'm just going to go over that because there was a lot yeah. in that and I've got a couple Sorry. of things to add. No, no, no. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's fantastic. So if you've got a person that's seeing an ad, let's just go with ads. You've got a Facebook mm -hmm. ad for breast pumps and then we have another Facebook ads for a gift for a newborn baby. 
and that gift mm-hmm. is a blanket. Let's say it's a mm-hmm. baby blanket. So you're telling me that if one person clicks on the ad for the breast pump and the other person clicks on the ad for the blanket, they land on, let's say, a page on the website, then at the bottom it's going to show what is relevant to those products. Yes. Yeah. So if they land on the breast pump because of the ad, then they land on the blanket, they're going to see different relevant products. Now, if you send them to, that's on a product page, but if you send them to a homepage, you're telling me that the homepage will be different as well. Their homepage will be different for both. So if they landed on the homepage. Not that they should. Like, let's just tell everyone right now, if you're running a Facebook ad, do not send them to a homepage, whatever you do, that's the worst idea in the world. But I'm just giving the example, but the homepage will have those two different. It will not. It will not because on the, on the website, we wouldn't know that the ad, because the signal of the ad would be to make you land on something that reflects yeah, on the what your ad is showing. Page. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, if you're having an ad for, I mean, even forget about data queues, just like what you said, you should never yeah. do that. Like, yeah, exactly. What yeah. you see on the ad should always yeah. match what you, what exactly. you end up landing on. And that's a very important reason, right? Because when you land on the homepage, the system or like data queue or who, whatever else you're doing has no idea what this person clicked on to come. Okay. Um, they, yeah. But over time, you've got the details from that person that they will get different information. Yeah. So let's play that through. So let's say you, you make this mistake and you have a ad for a breast pump and you go to the homepage. Yes. Well, most likely this person's going to do a search anyway, saying, hey, I yes. clicked on a breast pump. I don't see a breast pump. Or they're going to leave your page. And that's why we say they're going to leave the website. So that we say, don't do it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But, you know, let's hope, let's hope that this person yeah. really liked the breast pump that they saw and they're like, oh my God, it's the best breast pump I've ever seen. I need to find it. So she does a search. And the moment she does a search, we know now that this yes, is what she wants. And then immediately like the homepage would change, right? So she would engage with a product. She would click on a product and she'd look at it. Because in the end, there's this thing called Pareto's Law, which is like 80% of your sales would probably come from 20% yes. of your products and things like that. I mean, that's the story of the conversion rate, right? Everybody throws around this number of conversion rate. But if you really think about it, what does it mean? If your conversion is 1%, that means that out of 100 people coming, only one is going to buy. So if you're going to spend all your time on the 99, you're probably not going to do much. But so if I had 1,000 people coming and only five of them are clicking on a product, then I need to really care about those five people because the other 995 are probably not going to do anything. So the moment they engage on that product and they click on it, now suddenly that person has a much better experience than the passive visitor, for instance, who didn't do anything. But we're just saying, well, no harm done because they probably statistically weren't going to do anything anyway. Yes, yes. Okay. So my next question on that is how do you know? So let's say for instance, I've got a website, whatever it is, let's say I'm selling shoes as an example, and I have got all these shoes and I install DataQ. And then suddenly, how do you know based on my business? This is what a lot of people are going to go. How do you know my business? How do you know? Like you mentioned before, if it's summertime and you look at the analytics, let's say it's a brand new website. We haven't made any sales at all yet. How do you know what to show in that section? Like, what are you basing your information on? Is it the categories? Is it the built-in categories in the Shopify? So the first warning, which I'd say is that if you are just starting out, do not use a service like ours. You will be wasting your money. I mean, maybe I shouldn't be saying that, but I really believe... No, good. No, I love that. Fantastic. Um, Because, I mean, I'll tell you why, right? So if you go back to that whole thing about the conversion funnel, when you don't have enough sales, your first challenge is traffic. 
it doesn't matter where they're coming from, but you need traffic because if you don't have traffic, you have no idea which is good and which is bad. Once you have traffic, you can see, okay, looks like my Facebook ads are getting people, me sales, but the Google ones are not. And then you can put more money, but first you get traffic. Okay. So, so when you say uh, that someone's starting out, sorry, I'm just interrupting. Yeah. Someone's starting out and they are listening to this. And then, so how many, like you're saying that they should have at least a thousand people a month or a thousand people every week. What's the traffic sort of numbers that you've you recommended? You should be pulling at least a thousand dollars a month, at least. I thousand dollars a month in sales. Okay. Yeah, you should be doing that at least. So we've got a very basic package just aimed at that group, but anything below that, you should not, you, you would rather spend that money on more ads, for instance. But just coming back to this, the point. So when you have enough orders, that's how we understand what the behavior of the customers are. Because the thing with categories is that they're really arbitrary. It's because you as an owner have all these products and you've decided for some arbitrary reason that these products belong in this category and these products belong in that category. But the thing is, people don't behave like that. Everybody is different. So there's a very famous case study about how people started putting the beer next to the diapers because new dads were always the one going to shop and they would just pick these two up. Nobody in their right mind would put those two in the same Love category. It. They would, Love you it. wouldn't even put it in the same shelf. But yeah. just the data shows that this person... But then, you know, if you ask somebody else, like maybe if it's a mom who doesn't like beer, she likes some other drink, I don't know, then maybe she would want her shelf the other way. And the beauty of us being in the digital business is that you're not really restricted to having these shelves in static locations. So why do that? Mm. So the idea with this is that for each person, you could just arrange it just the way they think. And that's what we're trying to do. So we look at how people are doing orders because the orders are telling us Generally, people buy these combinations of products. And then from that, we can build different personas automatically. And then every time we make an action, we can match you. Okay, it looks like this person is behaving really like this group over here, which likes you know beer and diapers. So let's just show the beer and diapers. Next mm. week, so could I, if I'm starting out, let's say I've just started my store and I've got no traffic, I've got no sales. Could I, in that case, I'm throwing this out there. You can, you might not know the answer. Could I then go to Amazon and let's say exactly that as an example, if I was selling diapers, you, you've already given us the answer and you want to promote it to men, then it's going to be beer that goes next to it. Could I go to Amazon and have a look what's coming up or is it that it's already tracked who I am already? So I can't, you, you're the data man. Has it already got my information in there or can I still do a little quick search? Like I like to use Amazon for, I tell my clients to use Amazon to do some research. Could they do some research in that way? Okay. Like I'm selling iPhone covers. I'm going to go to Amazon now, look at iPhone covers and then see the products, the also viewed products. Will that give me enough data or is that too skewed based on my personal searches? In this case, I'm not sure how useful it would be for Amazon to be a reference point because they just have so many SKUs, like so many different types of products yeah. that you're most likely not going to be able to match. But okay, good. Know, that, that huge army of products versus your inventory. But I like what you're suggesting and that's something which we tell our customers as well when they're not ready to do something like this what we always do is say hey like why don't you just do multiple home pages because every time you start a business one of the biggest things you would do is you would 
go through mental exercise of thinking like, who is my target market? Like who are the different types of people? And so if you've put in work to do one homepage, there's really nothing to stop you from doing a mywebsite.com slash target group A, target group B. And you could just copy that over and just change the banner. Like it doesn't have to be something crazy. Like Shopify makes things really easy. You don't even need a developer. Like you could just literally copy that page and just have three images and just have one image in this and the other one in that. And then you could do ads to send them to the different pages. And then you could see like, okay, so looks like this page A is really doing well. And you could make that your new homepage. So there's a lot you can do to be more personalized without having to go into data. Like I think that there is a tendency of people thinking that everything is automatic and everything's amazing. But I think the biggest warning which I always tell people who are just starting out is that data will lie to you and you have to be very careful. Tell us about that. Explain that to us. Because I think there's a very important point for people to understand. It's called statistical significance. It means that when you are running some kind of experiment, let's say it's an ad and you've got, let's say, 100 clicks, and now you're really comparing the performance. Say like you run it and you look at men and women and how they're interacting with it. When it's not enough clicks you have a very strong tendency to be like, oh my God, it looks like females between 18 to 24 are really loving my product. So forget about these groups. I'm just Mm. going to focus on that. Mm. But if you haven't let your ad run long enough, you're making a very strong assumption on very weak foundations. And which is why I always say, don't do it. Like when you are small, your best bet is qualitative data. So run your ad, look at the data, but as much as you can, try to get that customer on the phone and be like, Hey, like I noticed you bought a product. It's uh, it's really great that you did. Like, can you tell me like why did you like about my website? You know things like that. And you're going to hear things that you didn't think of that you you never you know imagined. Like just running our business, DataQ, we heard so much because you know I come from you know TripAdvisor and I'm thinking, wow, I know everything. But you don't. You really don't because you think about you make. Anytime you make a business, you come up with assumptions and customers will break your assumptions like that. So one of the things which I learned very quickly is that most of our customers don't have time. So more than me doing this personalization stuff, it was nice. But what they really wanted was for me to save them time. So we had a customer telling me that, you know, I run my website and I worry so much about the homepage being different. So I'm always calling my staff and telling them like, hey, make sure you update it every time I'm on holiday. I'm like, well, with you guys, I can just go on holiday because I know you're just changing the website for me. So I was like, huh, okay. That's interesting. I didn't think of that. And I would encourage like everyone who starts a business, talk to your customers rather than only relying on the data because you will hear things that you didn't think about. And then, you know, that's going to be very helpful. I love it. And that was why having you on here, I knew you were going to give us really, really genuine advice. The fact that you're not telling people, just use my app and download it. (laughs) The information you're giving is fantastic. And I can add on to the end of that exactly what you said. And this is where I coach clients personally, like privately. And I have this quite a lot where they run a Facebook ad. And I had this recently with a particular client. He was running an ad and he was running it on Facebook and Instagram. And then once he actually ran the ad, then afterwards he goes, oh, look, Instagram's not getting me any sales. 
But the thing was he's targeting older people and those people are not actually on Instagram. So it's very easy to skew your data and read it in a certain way when, mm-hmm. well, hang on, but that's going to be the wrong audience for you. Or the same goes with men and women. If you're trying to tag up men and women, well, hang on, there's going to be more women on Instagram than men on Instagram. So it's not that more women are buying his product. It's the fact that he's getting it in front of more women. So it looks like right. there's more women, whereas actually, and this in his situation, it's not the case, but in some situations, it might actually be a product more for men, but you just have not got in front of them in the right place. Absolutely. And so, yeah, that's exactly the stuff that people reading data is very, and you're the data man. So you will agree with what I've got to say. It can actually cause more problems in your business. If you don't know how to read it properly, then looking at it and going, Oh, now I know everything. And it's like, yeah, but if you don't take into account what that means behind the scenes, then it can cause more problems. Exactly. Like I don't want to scare anybody listening to this thinking, Oh my God, like I'm never going to get it. You will. It's, it's, I think the really point to take away from this is that don't use data to say that this is the entire story. Yes. So use it to give you like, imagine that you're in a forest and you don't know where to go. Data can just tell you like, turn, I don't know, in this general direction, but like talk to people to really figure out like, okay, that's where I'm heading because that's really when you're going to be a lot more confident because when you're just looking at these numbers, you can interpret it in so many ways. And then you also will probably not feel very confident. And that's not good as a business person because you need that confidence. And the only way you're going to feel that confidence is when you talk to a real human being and they've told you, yes, you're right. Like that's exactly what I think. No, I love that. And that's one thing that I tell people as well. I love that piece of advice is call people, talk to them and ask them. And even if you just set a goal that when you're starting a business and you say the first hundred sales I get, I'm going to make the time. I'm going to call each of those people. Like we do it in Just Ask Parker. And this is what a lot of people don't realize. Here I am running an advertising company and every single person who signs up with us, they get a welcome call with us. They talk to someone in our team, myself or someone else. And we set aside 10 to 15 minutes that costs us money and it's not that it's free. And I don't want to be getting on the phone just to people who have already signed up just for the sake of, unless it's going to give me some sort of benefit. And it gives me amazing benefit because every single call I do or my team does, we come back with, Hey, did you realize this exactly what you said? Time is important. They need to know this. We don't do it just for no reason. We do it for a reason because we learn more about our customers and the benefit in doing that. And these big businesses, a lot of them did start off doing that. Mm-hmm. But we just think of Amazon now as being this business the way it is. But it wasn't like that when it started out. It was a book company. Uh, Facebook, everyone thinks overnight success. Facebook was a guy sitting in a university dorm and for years just talking to other people at university. Like Facebook didn't start off with just a magical, it is what it is now. So he had his research from talking to people at school at his mm-hmm. university. And we need to do that as business owners and talk to people and find out more information. It's the most valuable information for sure. I'm glad. Yeah. I mean, we're still learning along the way as well, right? I I think you never really feel like you got everything as a business owner, but I think if you are talking to people, you're definitely on the right track. Yeah, definitely. Okay. So data queue, once people hit a thousand sales a month, then they can sign up. I don't really want to get into the pricing because the pricing, if someone listens to this later on, it might be a different pricing. So I don't like getting stuck on the pricing, but can you just give us sort of a rough idea if someone's getting the, you know, $1,000 worth of sales a month, $2,000 worth of sales a month, what's sort of the average like 
price that would cost them, not the monthly cost, but sort of like, what does that look like in relevance? Like, is it a couple of cents per babysitter or is it a couple of dollars? What's, what are they looking at? Actually, I don't mind getting into the pricing because, you know, if it changes, it changes. So, you know, if you're watching this video a year later and what I'm saying doesn't gel with what you see on the website, well, you're watching this web video too late. Yeah. But what we decided is let's just make it really simple. Uh, I think that's just the idea of, you know, building this product as well. What we do is if we are supposed to help you increase sales, why don't we take the risk on that? So I'm not going to, we don't charge you for a number of visitors. We only charge, we charge you a commission on sales. So if, you, if we helped you sell more right now, we charge you 2% um, with a minimum spend of 59 and we keep adding new features and we don't really care what you use because if it's not working for you, then you're not going to be spending on it. So we don't do this complicated pricing where you have to choose how much, what you want to use. But uh, like I said, for people who are just starting out, we have like a basic plan where we've restricted it to the features that we feel are the most useful, like just product recommendations. And that's just a flat $29 a month as until we sell you, sell $1,500 $1,500 worth of business for you. So once we are selling more than that, then that's a good time for you to upgrade. Fantastic. Um, and so tell me, what are the other features? So you've got the product recommendations. What are some of the other features that you have there? So right now we have four features. One are the product recommendations that I mentioned. So they're on your homepage, they're on product page. You can put them in the cart page. So when people add to cart, we give them more suggestions. The error page is a really nice one as well. So when they go to a wrong like part of your website and says, hey, there's a this page could not be found, or we could be like, hey, but there are these things which are interesting. And then we have this idea of dynamic banners. So instead of having fixed banners, you can upload, let's say, take the baby store, for instance, and you have 10 types of products, you can upload all 10 banners onto DataCube. And DataCube will show the right banner to each. To oh, I love it. I love it. So this is like retargeting ads. This is something that I really get into. Exactly. But inside your website. Wow, that's fantastic. So that means I can put that banner anywhere on my website, like in a blog post. I am so yeah, can I do that in a blog post? We do it mostly on the homepage. I've never yep. really tried it on a blog post. Oh, uh, okay. That's, there that. you go. That's There's it. a new feature that you need to add. Okay. Uh, we should talk more about it. That, that, that would yeah. be interesting, like, you know, how you're envisioning it. I, that's, why, that's why I said I always love talking to people about the product. Yeah. Always have ideas. So on yeah, a blog so, post, it wouldn't be so, like, it would still really work because on a blog post, I always tell people when you do a blog post, put banners yeah. in your blog post to sell them back to a product. So if you're doing a blog post about bottles, top 10 bottles uh, that you okay. can have, and then you can have the banners in there. And then while they're reading, you could have different banners Yeah. So usually I say, make sure Mm -hmm. the banner is relevant to what you're actually talking about in the blog post. So every single blog post has its own banners. But in this case, here's a new feature for you. Yeah. Because I I think in the blog post, it's not that much of a challenge because you know the content beforehand. So you can actually plan what the banners should be. The the challenge. Yeah. But then if you had a blog post, if you had a blog post that says summer 2020 top fashion items. Oh yeah, that's true. So if from that point of view, it could work. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to talk to you more about it, maybe after the podcast. But I I think we can, uh, that that sounds really interesting. Uh, But yeah, so we essentially do just that. So on your homepage, rather than having to think, okay, you know, summer 2020 is my biggest Mm. uh, banner. Don't worry about it. Just upload all the banners that you think are useful. And then depending on what the customer is doing, we'll show different banners. And then the third one we do is we do notifications. What we found is that when people are interacting with your website, 
I mean, one thing I personally hate are these pop-ups. They're very effective, but I just really hate them. And what I've found a way to... The whole thing about pop-ups is to create purchase urgency, right? But it's also by like rubbing away attention. So I thought, why don't we do what Facebook and Instagram does, where you have the little bell and we show notifications, which are actually interesting to the user. So for instance, Mm. if I last looked at a product, and now I'm back on your website and today that product I looked at is on discount. I can put that as a notification. And it makes sense because I know I looked at the last week, so it's relevant. It's not like someone seeing this big thing which says, yeah, I don't care about that. The other, the, so we have three types of notifications. The other one which we do is if it was out of stock when you looked at it and you came back to the site and now it's back mm-hmm. in stock, we'll tell you, hey, it's back. And the last one which we do is we tell you if the product is low in stock. So if you're looking at a product and it's like below five units, well, you should know that. If you come back next week and that product you looked at last week, because you know generally what we find with the data is that people take about five days to make a purchase decision. They'll come okay. to your website, they'll look at it, they'll go to another website, they'll check some other stuff out. And eventually it takes about that time. So you know, it's pretty useful. So I came to this website because I'm looking for a breast pump since we talked about it before. And now three days later, I come back because I'm thinking, yeah, that looks interesting. Now I'm saying, hey, there's only five of these left. So you know, if you want to make a decision, go for it. So that's notifications. And the last one which we do, this one's a bit more basic, but we're putting more effort into it now. We're trying to do more email because that's the same thing which we're finding with like everybody who's starting out wants to send more email, but they never get around to it because it's yes. so involved. So what we've done is we're trying to do the same thing where we're just making completely automated. So the mantra for us is like set and forget. So you come in, you design your email. And so now we have this one campaign called We Miss You where you can actually set like saying, okay, if somebody hasn't bought from my store in X days, so you can change the X to whatever you want. So say 30 days, send them an email with product recommendations that are based on what they did rather than just this random newsletter. So when we do that, so now we're like customers are asking us for more stuff. So things like, you know, did somebody did a search and they didn't buy, can we send them an email? So we're, we're working on that. So I'd say email, uh, to be honest, is probably the one which has a little bit more raw, which we, there's just this one campaign. But on the website, I think, you know, these three are pretty new. I think only product mm-hmm. recommendations I've seen everywhere else, but uh, yeah. banners and notifications, not so much. So. No. So I hope everyone took away something very important from what Sharam just said. One point that you made there was so great. You said, and you're the data man. So if you're saying this, everyone needs to listen. You said it takes people on average about five days to make a purchasing decision. And I want everyone to take that number and say, oh my God, what can I do in that five days to make sure that people are remembering me? Because a lot of people say to me, I had a lot of traffic. I had all these people come to my website, but then they didn't buy. And then they blame it on it was the wrong traffic or there's something else going wrong or Facebook ads suck or whatever it might be. But generally speaking, 99% of the time is that person has forgotten about you. Baby's crying, phone rings. There's a hundred other websites and they go off Instagram's there. And then suddenly they forget you. It's not because they don't like you. It's because they've forgotten about you. So getting in front of them. And that's what sure I'm saying is how do we get back in front of that person? How do we remind them? And that's why email is so important. And I did an interview last year and one of the guys said it's on average 14 touch points for people to purchase. So that comes into that. Well, now we know it's about five days. So how many touch points can we get in, in that five days, bombard them? You know, last night, my partner and I went to the theater here in Amsterdam 
And literally this morning, we always like have our coffee in bed in the morning and he's looking through his phone and suddenly he's got all these ads for all these other theatre things. And I'm just laughing going, oh my God. So it must have been because we were in the theatre here in Amsterdam and suddenly he's seeing like things that we wouldn't like. I know he didn't. It was like kinky boots is here in Amsterdam. I know he didn't go looking that up, but suddenly he's got those ads (laughs) because they're saying, hang on, you went to the theatre yesterday. Let's keep you excited and let's show you the next thing. And we as small businesses need to do what the big businesses are doing. And those are the sorts of things. Touch point, touch point, touch point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I mean, if you are able to do it, and it's one of the things which we are looking at in the future to add more analytics to the product because to me it's always surprising that once you've got a business running it's very little like very few people know exactly what the behavior of the customers are on their own business because so far like we rely a lot on tools like google analytics and things like that which tells you like what happened rather than like what could be happening if that makes sense because and you can see google analytics changing it a little bit by trying to give you more insights but this is one thing which I've, I'm hearing a lot from customers saying like, hey, I don't have time. Just tell me what to do. So, you know, one of the features we're working on right now is that we have this weekly email which sends out saying, hey, this is how much money that we made you. But people don't find that as useful. What people actually want to know is something like, hey, like this banner you uploaded really sucks. You need to delete it and change it. Or like, hey, these products are doing really well for you. So, you know, we had one customer who said, you guys have really good data now on the products and how many, like, say, you know, if I have 100 products, which products are getting the most clicked on? So can you just tell me those products so that I can put those onto my Google ads? Because I spend a lot of money experimenting with ads that don't get clicks because Google charges you per impression, but you only get results from clicks. So that's something which we're really looking at, which is that, you know, instead of asking people, telling people these 20 different things on how to improve the data literacy, can we just like send them the information because we've got it? Can we just say, hey, like this is what's happening in your store. This is how many days on average people take to spend to, to buy something. Mm. These are the products that you should be putting on your ads right now. You know, things like that. So that, that's a direction which I'm really excited about. Yeah, I love that because it just made me think, as you said that, it's so true. If I have a fashion shop and my seasons are changing so often, I don't care what happened six months ago. I don't care who bought that woolen jacket when it's coming into summer. It's like looking at my Google analytics and going, whoa, I got all these clicks and sales on a woolen jacket, but now it's actually summertime and I'm selling bikinis. What am I actually needing to think about? And like you said, which ads are going to work based on what people are actually clicking on? Yeah, it's it's the insights, the past data. Okay, it's great to know, but it's the future data that we really need to understand. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. I just like do this. <laughs> yeah, love it, love it, love it. Well, I would love to do with you at another stage, a more extended, something a little bit more of a screen share sort of thing at another stage. Let's do a video. So what I'll do is yeah. so this podcast is going out now, but keep an eye out because Sharam will be back at another stage. If you'd like to come back, I'd love to have you I'd back where to. we can walk through and maybe have some client data to show mm-hmm. people. Anyone who's listening and that they want to sign up now, if they're getting at least $1,000 worth of sales a month, please sign up and try it out. I always say I'm very big on not taking on too many apps just for the sake of it. 
If you are making sales, this is definitely one of the ones. And anyone that listens to my podcast on a regular basis knows that I'm very much into, I don't like just telling you to use anything in particular. I specifically want to try on here because I know that this is very important in business. So if you need to just test it, test it out for three months. If it doesn't work, it's $90. But if you're making $1,000 worth of sales a month, you're going to see results. So I can pretty much guarantee that it's worth doing. Try it out. How can people find you? So then they know where to go and have a look at your website. So we're on the Shopify store. We've actually featured about a month ago, which is pretty exciting. So you can go to our website, dataq.co. That's D-A-T-A-C-U-E.co. And you can just click on the link to go to Shopify, or you can just search for us on the app store. And it's just a couple of clicks and you can install it. And I will put the link in here underneath the show notes and underneath this video. So you'll get direct access and keep an eye out because I will be doing, I'd love to do a walkthrough and show some information in more detail. And if anyone has been using this, please come into the Facebook group and let me know because I'd love to know how it's working for you because I know Sharam also would love mm-hmm. to hear the feedback as well. But yeah. I'd love to know. And I know that everyone that listens would love to know who's already working with this. So that's great feedback as well for everyone. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Well, thank you for everyone for listening and watching this. And until next time, keep smiling. And Sharam, thank you for being here. Thanks everyone. Bye. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Winning with Shopify podcast. Join the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash winning with Shopify and get our show notes at justaskparker.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And as a listener, get 20% off at justaskparker.com by using the code podcast.